With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. He is the NFL vet, and I am still without a Twitter handle. Welcome in. It is Thursday, and Rich, I got a question for you. What's up, Dan? Are you ready for some football? Oh, my gosh. This is the night party. We got Josh McDaniels and Doug. Peter Sherwin with the Jazz. 
Jaguars and Doug. <laughs> it's a game no one cares about. It's going tonight. I'm all right, of friends. I have a Thursday night. All Nobody's right. playing. No starting quarterbacks. <laughs> Couple of guys of importance are hurt. Who's it's going to be some football kind of. <laughs> oh, man. We can keep it going. All right. John Ramos, background vocals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really nailed it. He really, really nailed it. <laughs> It is one of you know Chris Farley did the, the late great Chris Farley did the uh, Bo Cephas uh, Hank Williams Jr. Monday Night Football skit one of the, one of the best that there is, but I will say with with all of the sayings in 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 football history and you know now we could say let's ride or we yes. could say how yes. about them Cowboys there there really is no better than. Are you ready for some football? Like then we got it tonight with preseason action. It is the Jaguars. It is the Raiders. To your point, we're not. We don't know who they are. We. I mean, who, the guys who are going to be playing. No Trevor Lawrence tonight. No Travis Etienne. But still, I get a kick out of seeing graphics of NFL teams on the screen, and it tells us that football. Real football is just a mere month away. Yeah, and also the music. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, you just mentioned, are you ready for, for some football or singing along to a song that hasn't really played on the airwaves in like 15 years? But it's just <laughs> iconic. And so is the Fox tune. And so is the NBC's tune and the CBS tune. Like, as soon as you hear the orchestra chime in, you know it's time for game time. And it's like, it has been so woven into our souls as American TV viewers that that it's almost like if I hear that music and it's being played like on someone's phone in the mall, like I have to, it doesn't matter what day of the week, I have to lean over and be like, is there football right now? Oh. Am I missing some football? I got some football. You know, it's like, yes. it's, it's almost like an addict. Like you start getting itchy. It's uh, it's right around the I, corner. I'm it's so, been a long way. so addicted to, to that song that I feel like, Frank Gifford, the late great Frank Gifford. I feel like if somebody's passed, I always got to say late great, but he was great. That the fourth verse of that song is, "Hello everybody, you know here we are, Cleveland Municipal Stadium, with the Browns yeah. taking on the Cincinnati Bengals." And, and that's, I know that's a, like a Keith Jackson, um, uh, Frank Gifford combo, but because Frank Gifford would start out the broadcast and and then bring in Al Michaels and Dan Deerdorf. That is, yeah, that is my that is my childhood. That is what I come accustomed to, just like you. And as you said, when you when you hear that sound, uh, you know that there's football. We don't know when Deshaun Watson is going to play football. We do know this: that Roger Goodell will not oversee the NFL's appeal of the six game suspension given by arbitrator Sue Robinson. This is a bit of a twist because yesterday when Doug was here on the show, this was a little bit of a back and forth once we found out that the NFL was going to appeal the decision, which they had until uh this morning to do so. They d- didn't waste any time and went a day early. Were you surprised that with the news that the NFL would appeal that Roger Goodell is not going to be the one to oversee the appeal. Not at all. Not at all. And this was such a huge win for the NFL when they collectively bargained with the players back in 2020. And I tweeted about this during that vote, which was passed by such a slim margin by the players. 22% of the available voters did not vote on the CBA, did not vote. Mm. And discipline was a huge point of contention for the players. Like how discipline is legislated, the fact that Roger Goodell is judge, jury, commissioner, or judge, jury, executioner as commissioner, it, it really affected a lot of players in a 
in a real way. I mean, look, I, I'm not talking about guilt or innocence. I'm talking about finances, you know, and that's what this is. This is a business and this is how the business works out who is responsible financially for what during these disciplinary hearings. Because that's what we're talking about. You miss games, yeah, it affects your overall team success, but it also affects your pockets. So the player side was very staunch on this at first. But then all of a sudden when it came to vote for this new CBA, a second time, a 10-year-long CBA where they are basically handing over disciplinary control to the league again, all of those 22% who didn't vote who are still current active members of a roster cannot complain about this. Did they, they can't. Did they, they have no bearings. Do they think it was going to be pass interference where, like, well, you can't call it on every play? Like, right. You know, like, that's what, that's what it seems like to me because all, all they did was just add another step to – that's it. You know, the inevitability of the NFL actually getting their way. It's just crazy. Like, it's just it's just layers to protect the league a little bit from an optics standpoint, right? You get this recommendation from a female judge, and, and don't think for a second that that wasn't purposefully done. The fact that Sue L. Robinson is the former judge who they tapped to be the independent arbitrator here, that makes sense. That makes sense for both sides because then it seems like, well, you know, look, I mean, from a gender demographic, every single one of Deshaun Watson's official accusers in in court were female massage therapists. So this does us some good here. This gets us, you know, from a public relations standpoint, this puts us in good standing with the general public. And then she recommends six games, which feels a little bit light. So the NFL has the opportunity now, because you know the NFLPA is not going to appeal this, to go, whoa, 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 this shall not stand. Sue L. Robinson, we understand that you're upset with the way we legislate things against our ownership, and we understand that we set precedent here in the NFL to to give light punishment for these type of abuses towards women, but this shall not stand. We are taking a hard stance here. So written appeal, here it comes. The NFL looks like the good guys riding in on the white horse to uh, hand this appeal down and say, we are still after an indefinite suspension. We are going to find the snot out of Deshaun Watson. You just watch us. Well, they can try, but you know what can potentially happen here. Deshaun Watson, like Tom Brady did, can take the NFL to court. And it's probable, if not likely, if the NFL takes too hard of a stance here, that that's what's going to happen. Sure. Well, that, this is this is the interesting part about it, because this is where I wonder, and I don't like this phrase because I like checkers, um, but it is also overused a lot, was the NFL playing chess while the Players Association was playing checkers? Because with this arbitrator having this ruling coming down of Sue Robinson saying six games, That was not present with Tom Brady or Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. So you could go to a court with that. And everything, I'm not, you know, we can maybe ask a a guest later on, Andrew Brandt's going to be joining us. But it's, it's my understanding that the NFL Players Association would have a really difficult way of winning um, anything that could go to the court. Um, because of this, which makes another option. It's almost like the NFL like diverted them on a different road and said, no, go you know, go this way while they have this now thing in place where if they did want to sue and they did want to go to a federal, federal court, that a federal court wouldn't side with the NFL Players Association. That's my understanding of all of it, that it's different because an arbitrator had already, uh, had already ruled on this, that this was part of the collective bargaining agreement, and that's what both sides agreed on, and no court in federal court is going to rule against what was already collectively bargained by both sides. So that's where I find it you know, pretty interesting that – 
the federal court would end up saying, well, this is what you agreed to in the CBA, and what they agreed to in the CBA was what you talked about, what we just talked about, is that in the end, the NFL can have the final say if they appeal. Right. And that's where I think, like, like it's almost like the NFL Players Association got caught with their pants down because they thought, well, in the end, we can always sue, but then when the NFL is saying, yeah, but when they try to sue, they're just going to point to the CBA, and it's going to go right back to where you started. It's almost, you know, shoots and ladders, back to square one. And, and that's where the NFL looks like geniuses. And I also think just to the question that I posed to you at the start, Rich, about were you surprised about Roger Goodell not overseeing the hearing? I didn't think that he would either because it's almost like letting somebody else do the dirty work that they want done. Well, of course. You know, well, and that's that's the owner's tact always. Like, why? Why have a commissioner? Like, why? Why even employ somebody and pay him handsomely something to the tune of $50 million a year to do that job? You could just have one of the owners. You could have a vote every year, uh, and the majority wins, and one owner represents them all, and he's, he's the commissioner. Why do, they, why do they hire Roger Goodell to do it? Because he's a human shield. He is the designee mm-hmm. for the owners. And so now Roger Goodell, through this new collectively bargained agreement, is able to have a human shield for all of the slings and arrows and backlash that he's going to suffer, the NFL is going to suffer in these sort of disciplinary circumstances. Look, he already gets booed every single year at the draft. People, NFL fans, whoever, they, they, they're bothered by his presence yeah. either way. Hey, football fans. But at least this is one more step of separation away from the ownership. Yeah. You have one more notch down the line as opposed to the hands of commissioner of the NFL being sullied, it's the designee that he appointed whose hands are sullied with the dirty work. But going back to what we were talking about, uh, about a lawsuit, if you're the NFL PA or if you're the Cleveland Browns, you're sort of rooting for them to take the NFL to court, the player's side, if if that is what ends up happening. <clears throat> and I'll explain why. It's because you can split up the suspension. What's worse, having your starting quarterback miss six games this season and maybe an additional six next season, if it comes to find that whatever the NFL's uh, reasoning for further suspension is upheld by a court of law where they say, hey, listen, like you guys have a CBA in place. You're not wasting the court's time with this. Deshaun, you're going to suffer the consequences of, of your actions per the disciplinary personal conduct policy that you agreed to as a player and a member of the NFLPA and just sort of clean their hands of it. But if you can delay this by a season, right, even if it's a situation where the NFL wants to suspend him for an entire year, well, if he serves six games in 20 2022, that means that he'll only have to serve 11 games in the upcoming season, right? So you can at least get Deshaun Watson, if you're the Cleveland Browns, for parts of two seasons as opposed to losing him for a complete season. So I don't know if that's how it's going to work out. I don't know if the NFL is going to recoil a little bit and, 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 you know, make the path or should say make this suspension a little bit lighter than a full year. But we'll see where this storyline heads. One thing I know is it's two days that the NFLPA has to respond with written documentation of their, whatever it is, their response to the mm-hmm. appeal. And then there's an additional 15 days that's allotted to the commissioner or his designee to make the final determination on discipline. So this story's not going away for a while. We still have probably weeks ahead talking about this. And then we'll have the final ruling as far as 
the suspension is concerned. Then we'll find out if there's going to be legal recourse taken by the union. I'll tell you what, the Browns may want the suspension split up, but I don't know if Deshaun Watson does. With that contract, with the, the money that he would make in 2023, where it's the $46 million as opposed to the one, uh, they may be on a different page uh, in that one. And, and the other funny thing about Goodell stepping away, uh, just the final point, is this this was the first time that I can remember in a suspension where it seemed like the general outcry was it wasn't enough. You know, like we, you know, you talked about it on Monday on how ridiculous that the six games was closer to Tom Brady. And, you know, and Barstool's making Roger Goodell clown shirts. This would be the first time that he would look like he's saving the day, which is, I think, why a lot of people thought that maybe he would be the one that would end up hearing it so he could be that, you know, riding on the white horse and, and saving the day. That was the only thing that I was a little surprised about because I actually think that there could be some good PR that came from Roger Goodell as part of this. But, you know, he is, you said it, he's the shield. The actual NFL shield should be Roger Goodell's torso. Like, that's what it should be, and then you have the NFL in the middle of it, and that's what Roger Goodell is to the National Football League. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Doug Gottlieb today on the Doug Gottlieb Show. That's brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you could redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Hey, is training camp? training camp and as bad as it seems for Trey Lance. We'll talk about it next year on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Darn right, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Easy NFL vet, Rich Ornberger. Get him on Twitter at Ornberger. I'm Dan Beyer at Dan Beyer on Fox. There could be some life. So we could have some good news with the Twitter handle that uh, tomorrow, the one-week uh, anniversary of the Twitter account being hacked. Life is sure different without Twitter. Uh, that is that is for sure, Rich Ornberger. It's yeah, a whole I, different world. I can't even imagine mentally what you're going through because it's it's interesting how used to frivolous items you get. And I, I mean, I remember when I upgraded from a flip phone to a BlackBerry like mm-hmm. getting away from the T9, pressing each individual number like a million times to get to the letter S, <laughs> you know, and then yes. being able to just sort of unencumbered like text without without the, the strictures in place of numeral alphanumeric library. It was just so so you just get used to these creature comforts like Twitter has become a news source. Yes. It's become a communication ground. It's. And so, uh, so yeah, I feel for you, brother. I don't know if John Middlecoff has this problem, but I found out. He's the host of the 3 and Out podcast, former NFL scout, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find John on Twitter at John Middlecoff. John, if you move the Twitter icon on your phone, um, like, would you still naturally go to it? Like, in the spot? Uh, I, do, I, do, I, delete, I deleted it from my phone. Oh, really? I, but I, yeah, I mean, I... I, I I'm not a huge fan. I mean, obviously, from from a news standpoint, but like, I don't need it in my life all the time. And obviously, in the media, I mean, let's face it: w- without the media's usage of it, it it probably dies. You know, yes, I, I, yes. I, 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 t- I tend to believe just the simple reality of uh, you know, Elon. One of his things, right, is that a lot less people are actually on it than they act. Or, you know, that Twitter acts like, you know, they say 12% of society, and he thinks it's more like 5%. I, and listen, I've been on it for over a decade now, tend to agree with him, because the same people, it just, I, I just, I don't like it. I mean, there's too much negativity. It's not the real world. But, like, for training camp updates and stuff, it's cool. But, 
the problem is I get on, I want to see what Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and you know Phil Mickelson are up to. I, I end up not getting that, and I get all the other crap. Yeah, you get awful takes. That's, that's what you get. Yeah, I, I just, and I just don't care what most of those people think anymore. You know, I, sure. I like I've seen everyone's takes for a decade. Well, well, let's. Uh, what about this take? Trey Lance is having a bad training camp. Is that is that is that true? Is that accurate? How would you rate the uh, second year quarterback for the 49ers so far? Yeah, n- no. I mean, he's having a young quarterback training camp. I mean, there's there's good and there's bad. I mean, it's, football's hard. I mean, the NFL's hard. It's it's a hard transition for whoever you are, and. Uh, you know, last year he was the backup. So when you're the backup quarterback, you don't get any of the reps. And now he's repping with, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, all these guys, and he has moments where he makes sweet plays and he has bad moments. I mean, that's to me it's part of training camp. It's also August 1st, you know. And, and I, I don't count anything in shorts and T-shirts. So I, I didn't even go to the last week in practice because to me it's the same thing as OTAs. But when the pads come on, that begins, and even is it real football? I mean, there's no tackling. It's really still two-hand touch because no one's even getting close to, like, wrapping up. But it is much closer to what he's going to see in games, and he's had some awesome plays and he's had some bad plays. But as Kyle has said, that's why I'm the coach. We, we want bad things to happen and, and coach him through it. I mean, ultimately he was drafted over – because what it really came down to, I think, looking back, it was Justin Fields was never in the mix. It was between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And, like, the, I won't – and I, I was adamant you cannot make, take Mac Jones. But I won't tell you if the 49ers had a game tomorrow, you would rather have Mac Jones than Trey Lance tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and maybe even in September. And maybe even this season. But when you draft a quarterback in the top five, it's not – I mean, ideally you get Herbert or Mahomes and they're just immediately sweet. But for the most part, it takes some time. And like four years into it – and I'm, I don't think Trey Lance more than likely will ever be Josh Allen because most people won't be. But that's what you're rooting for, right, to hit a big-time home run eventually. And not everyone hits the ground at the same speed. So he is very, very lucky, a little like Mahomes, that he inherits an awesome coach and an incredible team. So he's in a, he's in a fantastic situation where they're, also their coach doesn't ask him to throw 40 times a game. That's not the Shanahan family way. I mean, they, they want to run the ball. They, they want to throw it 20 times a game. So I, I think when all the dust settles, he'll be just fine. So to paraphrase and to shorten the journey the 49ers have been on since Jimmy G was named the starter, it's been good. It's been fine. He's been competent and great at times, but he's injury prone and he has a ceiling. And that ceiling is prescribed to be lower than Trey Lance's. So with this training camp getting under his belt now, with a full year on the bench, watching Jimmy G getting a little bit of field time last year, is he at least going to meet the Garoppolo line this season? You know, is he at least going to be as good as Jimmy G this season? Well, I mean, I, I think that's the question, right? Because he's inheriting a team that made it to the NFC Championship. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo threw 20 touchdowns and 12 picks. So he, he's not taking over for some quarterback that was going to the Pro Bowl throwing 38 touchdowns. So the bar, <clears throat> I like Jimmy. I respect Jimmy a lot. But I think sometimes we talk about Jimmy as a player a little bit different than he actually is. He, he has been the starting quarterback on a team two out of the last three years that have won four playoff games, but it's not because of him. Now, he manages the game, but he, he threw picks in a lot of those games, especially the big games held down the stretch last year. So to me, I think we act like he's, in, he's taking over for some top-ten quarterback. 
That is just not the case. Now, what he can't be, like, he, he can't throw 18 picks. You know, he can't throw 22 picks. And if that's the case, then the Niners would be in some trouble. And I think Trent Williams said that the other day. But I, I think sometimes that as we get farther and farther away, and I do, I'm guilty of this too, we act like Jimmy's a little better than he was. You know, I think we talk about him closer to being a top-10 quarterback than where he is, like middle of the road, solid guy, knows the offense. But, again, a guy that turns the ball over a lot. Jimmy throws a very pickable ball when he misses you because he doesn't have that great of an arm strength. Like One thing I've already noticed with Trey, Trey has a much stronger arm than Jimmy. And like Jimmy, he's going to miss some passes. But when you miss a pass with an 88-mile-an-hour changeup, it's easier to pick off than a 99-mile-an-hour heater. So, you know, he may just throw less picks in the simple fact that the ball's going way faster and it's way higher and flies over everyone's head. John Middlecoff joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug. You mentioned Justin Fields earlier. Does does he have the the slack that <clears throat> Trey Lance is going to get? Now you've got a new coaching regime in Chicago, second-year guy. Uh, you know, how much slack does Justin Fields have in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot. I mean, I, I, I in my opinion, he's probably playing on the worst team in the league. Sure. I mean, I, I think they have a chance to be, have the number one overall pick. They're terrible. I mean, they, they just don't have much talent. They, they traded away their best player this offseason to the Chargers. Their O-line is just atrocious. Um, I mean, they hired a defensive head coach that, let's face it, I don't think is like, you know, we'll see, but he wasn't exactly like, I mean, they had a good defense in Indy, but I don't think a lot of people were viewing him as some lock future head coach when, when they named him the, uh, the guy in Chicago. So yeah, my expectations are really, really low and it's, it sucks because you draft this guy for, you know, in the first round, you trade a first round pick, right. To move up to get him. And it feels like his first couple of years, you're going to be like, well, how do we even evaluate this guy? He's running for his life. They play the Niners in the uh, first game of the season. The Niners' defensive line is fantastic, and they have the worst offensive line. I mean, I'm already nervous for Justin Fields. I mean, he's going to have to be—he's going to be a run around for his life. But that's going to happen all season, right? Yeah. I mean, the Packers' D line's good. I mean, most teams you play now have at minimum a sweet pass rusher, and now a lot of them have an edge guy and an because so many of these defensive tackles can rush now. I just don't thank God he's very athletic and can run because he's going to be running all season. And not like Lamar running all season where he's running and making plays, like running for his life. And I expect the Bears to be really, really bad. How do you think the Trevor Lawrence-Doug Peterson marriage is going to look in Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, I think coming from last year, that was crazy, right? I mean, it's listen, I, I'm not an Urban Meyer guy. I saw that coming from a mile away, and even I didn't think it was going to be that bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought he was going to be over his head, and, you know, the, the college elitist arrogance was not going to translate, but it was it was way worse than even the biggest Urban Meyer haters could ever imagine. That, that was a bleep show. And Doug, I, I mean, I was around him when I worked for the Eagles. It's just a normal, easygoing human being. So just from a, a personal standpoint, boom. And then, I mean, Doug is a lifetime backup quarterback, backed up Favre, backed up Dan Marino. Like, he just gets quarterbacks, can deal with quarterbacks, besides Wentz. And as we've seen, most people don't get along with Wentz. But I think it's going to be fantastic for him. Uh, Doug kind of just has, you know, I think he's a, he went to Louisiana Tech. He's kind of got this southern, just easy, a little Dabo-ish. I mean, they're diff, he's got a different personality than Dabo, but in terms of just people like him. So I, I actually think it's going to be a, a – fantastic 
just transition for Trevor. From an offensive standpoint, though, you know, they paid Kirk a ton of money. Good player, but holy moly. Uh, some pressure on ETN to be a good player. They drafted him last year in the first round. Uh, I guess they got Lavishka, the, the Colorado guy. I mean, how good is he actually? So how good is their team? You know, it's it's better than the Bears, but I still think it's not great. So they're probably a year away from even being, you know, competing to be around the, like 500 mark. But I think from just a, and, and you know, Rich, like the, the difference in coaches, like some guys are just, are mean. Some guys are nice. Some guys, every personality, it's like, it, it's human. It's just natural with any human being they act differently but i i think his personality is probably perfect for trevor given what he's used to and the success he had in college john middlecoff joining us here on fox sports radio last one for me i'll take the other team tonight and that's the raiders are you buying into this change josh mcdaniels uh, the new josh mcdaniels i know he's got a seemingly maybe more of a you know veteran offense to work with than what he was working with in denver but do you buy the 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 josh mcdaniels 2.0 version yeah i mean i, I I think when you go through what he went through and it was as ugly as could be and, you know, you do the self-reflection, you go and have success and you get another opportunity. And if, if you are, you know, to me, if you have a feel for just have some common sense and realize, like, I can't do what I just did. I can't do what everyone else that comes from where we come from in New England tries to copy this guy. And I literally did it and it blew up in my face. We just saw Flores, who it turned out Brian Flores was a good coach. But I know people in Miami that said he, he was – they detested him. Like they couldn't stand being around the guy because he was so mean. And in fairness to Flores, he had spent almost two decades around Bill. That's all he knows. And that – you know, in 2022, you know, McVeigh, Kyle, LaFleur, I think it's just much easier to have like the – for the younger guys, the Andy, Pete Carroll kind of the way you mm-hmm. carry yourself. Not, you don't have to be like pro player 24-7, 365. You can still hold guys to you know, high standards. But you can't just be negative Nancy 24-7, 365 when you're 43 years old. Like No one wants to be around that, that type person. And I would expect it to be a lot different. Also, he inherits, I mean, a decent amount of talent, right? I mean, you, you add Devontae Adams. They, they signed Chandler Jones. They already had a pretty good core of Derek. Uh, Waller, Renfro, Max Crosby. So they got some players. Now, to me, the number one question mark is the offensive line, which I think is a pretty big question mark beside the left tackle. And one thing Josh always benefited from in New England is Dante Scarnecchia, who I think was widely considered, if not the best, I mean, top two or three all-time offensive line coach. No doubt. So so can they, can they overcome? Like, last year they drafted Alex Leatherwood, the dude from Alabama, that's an awful pick, and he might not even start. But when you have stuff like that happen, you know, you use a high pick on an offensive lineman, whether you were a part of it or not, like you still are invested in that guy. It kind of screws you if the guy can't that play. And that means <clears throat> more than likely you're playing a, you know, a later pick or an undrafted free agent. So it's going to be uh, – he'll have to overcome that. But one thing the New England offense always had, and I, Derek's very comfortable in this, is getting rid of the ball fast. And they have a fantastic slot receiver, and they have a fantastic tight end. And, and really, Devontae, you know, in the quick game can be awesome, too. So I, I think Josh McDaniels is a fantastic offensive coordinator. I think you'd be crazy to not give him that. But there, there is going to be pressure just given the division is loaded. And, you know, is he the first guy? And he's, he's claimed this. Remember that article a couple years ago from Dan Pompey? Like, he had changed. He had done all this introspection. Like, is he a different guy? Or, you know, if they start – 
two and three? Does it, does he start flipping out? It's going to be of all the teams in the AFC West. I, I think him and obviously Denver with with Russell and that coach have just the most pressure because there's like the most uncertainty. Like, is this really going to work? Like, even the Chargers. Like, let's face it, I'm not the biggest Brandon Staley guy, but I, I think it's going to be impossible for them not to be good. I mean, their team their team is just too stacked, and their and their quarterback is just too sweet. He's John Middlecoff, three and out podcast on the Volume Sports. Did you have a last one, Rich? I don't mean to cut you off, man. No, no, no. I listen. You know, John. The last thing I'll say is, you know, this NFL season as we approach it, I, I uh, just a theme that I'm noticing is more and more teams getting away from the run game and leaning into the passing game. Although at the same time, you're seeing like this resurgence of the fullback position, just as a football man and somebody who's been around the game as much as you have your, your take on where the game's heading and why we're seeing like this almost partition down the middle of how to plan offensive schemes. Well, I, I think it's twofold. One, the rules, dictate the ability to you know just when I first got in the league like a decade ago I remember with the Eagles Deshaun Jack I remember being at multiple games in like 2010 and 2011 guys carted off the field and multiple both of them were you know one on a go route where the safety killed them and another like on a post where the safety killed them those hits just don't happen anymore so when you have Deshaun Jackson or Devontae Adams or whoever Stephon Diggs they can be much much more aggressive down the field and even over the middle of the field. So it, it behooves you to pass because the rules are on your side. But I also think a good coach, you know, if you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and, and Kelsey, you're, you're crazy not to throw it all the time, or Josh Allen and all these sweet guys. But if you have a good running game or a good offensive line and a running scheme, the, the Ravens, the, the Packers, obviously the 49ers, like you'd be crazy to not run it. And if your quarterback – you know, in the Niners' case, is not a great thrower. Like, the Packers the last couple of years blended it perfectly, and look what happened. Their quarterback at 36 and 37 years old looked like he was John Elway in his prime. Uh, and you could argue, I mean, he's already kind of been that the majority of his career, but it was, dick, it was going the other way. So I, I think it's depending on who taught you how to play, right? A lot of the Shanahan guys, you know, like running the ball, as they should because you can be successful with it. But I also think, like, if you have the quarterback, a top 10 or 15 guy, and you got some wide receivers, I would be throwing it a lot, too. And here's the other thing. A lot of the fullbacks, you know, I'm pretty good buddies. I'm sure you know Rich Loneal. Like, back in the day, the fullback was really more of a hammer, right? You weren't – maybe you hand him the ball in, like, a fourth-and-one situation, but you weren't throwing in the ball. I mean, I I see it all the time with Kyle Juszczyk, who is, you know, the pro bowl, the best fullback in the league. He's a he's a passing threat. Like you can put him in the slot and he can run slants and outs and goes. So I, I think it's part of it is like uh, the talent that's coming into the league, just in terms of their skill set, is so much different than it was like ten, fifteen years ago. Like I'm sure when you were playing, a lot of teams had multiple running backs. Like my first and second down running back who just ran it between the tackles, and then my like change of pace guy who was really yep. the guy that that caught the ball. And then, like, there was always the best, like an LT. Obviously, he transcended it. But the majority of the teams had that. Now it's like, if I'm going to draft a running back just in the top three rounds, he better be able to catch it and run it. And all the top running backs in the league are past threats. You know, that's Adrian Peterson. Now, he's a, kind of an outlier physically, but let's, he never could catch that. Catching the ball and pass protection was never his deal. I think teams now look, like, if I want you on my team, you better be able to do it all. And because of the way colleges play, let's face it, a lot of these running backs 
are much better at catching the ball. They, they just get the ball a lot more in the offense and not as much running. And part of it is, and I think Bill Parcells used to say this, like we don't dictate what comes up, right? We just inherit what college gives us, even though the schemes, you can argue whether they, you know, flow downhill or flow uphill. It's, it's kind of probably a mesh of both, right? People steal from all over. But like when you're drafting a guy, his skill set, like you, you, you're going to be able to teach him some stuff, but a lot of his, if he's 23 years old, he's learned all this stuff for years and you, you'd be stupid not to utilize what he's good at. So I, I think it's a combination, long-winded way of saying it's a combination of things, but I, I think it's the rules and uh, the skill set to guys come in the league for sure. He's a former NFL scout, host of the 3 and Out podcast, and you can check him out on Twitter, although he may not check you out as much, at John Middlecoff. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks. <laughs> See you guys. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Doug Gottlieb's show on Fox Sports Radio. He's the NFL vet, Rich Orenberger, that you can hear weekdays on Extra Sports 1360 in San Diego on the Hartman and Rich O show. Also with Steve Hartman here on Fox Sports Radio every Sunday at 1 Eastern. I follow with George Reister on Fox Sports Sunday at 5 Eastern. Hey, Rich, let's play a game. This is Game Time. Game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game time brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Isaac Lauren Crown, what do we got? I'm cold and I need pizza to warm me up. Oh. <laughs> I feel a draft. If you need a burrito, there's one here as well. <laughs> Boy, it's just a bounty. We- we got some pizza today, Rich, and uh, oh. John uh, got a burrito five minutes before he found out we were having pizza. So. <laughs> Big controversy here over pizza etiquette that uh, we'll maybe bring up later. But our subject today, greatest players in NFL history. So pretty open-ended for you to draft. We're going to go snake format, starting with Rich, then Jason, then John Ramos, then Dan, and then myself, and then back again. So the number one pick goes to you, Rich Ornberger. Fire away. Uh, Tom Brady, okay? Wow. What a shock. I mean, look, you know, four-time Super Bowl MVP. We know all the rest. I don't need to list the accomplishments. Tom Brady all day long. Jason Stewart. Well, then I'm going to be the first to say that if Tom Brady played when this guy played, he wouldn't be Tom Brady. Lawrence Taylor. Ooh. Take him off your boards, guys. First defensive player taken. John Ramos. (laughs) I hate to say this because I'm no fan of any San Francisco team but Joe Montana. Oh, if you pick, right. whatever player you pick, you have to love that team. Oh. <laughs> Dan Byer, you're next. Oh, gosh, some really, really good picks. Um, I'm going to go Jim Brown. All right, I'm going to go way in the way back machine, as they like to say. So who's Tom Brady and Joe Montana? Are they any good if no one's going to catch the ball at the other end? That's why I'm drafting Jerry Rice. Oh, and after, yeah. you, after you score your touchdown, who's going to kick the extra point or make a field goal? That's why I'm drafting Donald Justin, Dequay, <laughs> close, <Sorry>. Justin Tucker. <laughs> oh, wow. Assume, assuming uh, I can actually spell Igwe Buike. Good pull, Dan. <laughs> Dan, you're next. Imagine a draft where Justin Tucker goes ahead of Reggie White. That's oh, what just happened. Imagine a draft where Reggie White has just gone off the board at number seven. All right, John Ramos, somewhere Aaron Rodgers oh, is really ticked off. He by the is, way. and this is going to be tough because there's so many 
Great, yeah, great players. Flipper Anderson still there? Uh, <laughs> Flipper Anderson. <laughs> NFL record holder. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to say Emmett Smith. Okay. I'll take Emmett right, Smith at right. uh, number eight. And Jason, number nine pick. I'll take one of Emmett Smith's uh, former teammates. Um, he could play both ways if you want it. He dominated his position, and he'll get on a helicopter to play center field for the Braves. Uh, Deion Sanders at number nine. And finally, Rich Ornberger. Wrap us up. Gosh, I want to say Walter Payton's sweetness so bad, but I need a defense. Defender to match Tom Brady, and it's mean Joe Green if LT is off the board. Yeah. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steeler defensive tackle, Green, for the win. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Brought to you today by Discover. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you could redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. We may have to go back to the instant replay. Did Rich Ornberger just say Pitt's turd? We'll find out next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.